It's so good to see all of you in the room and joining us online. It was, uh, it's an honor to have my Aunt Char, my cousin Olivia from Ohio here today. Everybody say hello to them. My Aunt Char is the only aunt that I have that I know has whipped me. So I'm not joking. She's whooped me before. I thought she was going to whoop me before service back there. <laughs> she was, uh, she is, was a nurse. I don't know what all what she does now. But when I was born, she was right there. Uh, when I almost died as a baby, she was right there. And uh, she was there. And uh, I'm thankful that I have praying family and a praying aunt. And without her, you know, I may not be here today. Who knows? She's probably my favorite aunt. Unless she whoops me, then no. <laughs> Today we're talking about mind games. Everybody say mind games. This is the series where we're going to discuss winning the battle within. And I believe that every person in this room can relate to what we're going to talk about today. This is the battle in our minds that limit us, cause us to fear and experience anxiety, depression, stress. And I want you to understand something today that there are that there is a real battle going on in our minds that we have to be engaged in. And so I guess a good place to start today would be in my first point is this. We all struggle with mind games. Let me say that again. We all struggle with mind games. Mind games do not discriminate. They do not prefer a certain age, a certain gender, a class or a race, we oftentimes uh, will assume that other people don't struggle with mind games like I struggle with mind games or you struggle with mind games, but that's simply not true because I've met wealthy people who struggle with mind games. I've met poor people that struggle with mind games. I've met single people who are wondering, when am I going to get married? When am I going to find the right guy? When am I going to find the right girl? And wonder if they're ever going to get married. Am I ever going to find true love? And that's a mind game. I've met married people who are like, when is she going to leave already? I mean, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, and you can get in your head trying to worry about bills and worry about the kids. I've met teenagers who have mind games. I, this just even yesterday was talking with some people that were talking about a little boy that's nine years old that uh, struggles with some situations in his life where he was abused uh, in some degree, and and at this certain age he's acting out in a way that a nine-year-old should not be acting out. Uh, and when you hear the story, you know that even at nine years old, this child has mind games. Not only that, I've been, I've been in hospital rooms with people who are elderly, who are passing away and are afraid to die and begin to confess things and, and, are, and all of this is going on. There's mind games, not just teenagers, not just children, but even with elderly people. Let me say this, Christian people have mind games. Just because you're saved doesn't mean you don't struggle in your head, can I get a witness, and I want you to hear me today. Even those of us in the ministry have mind games. So I know maybe sometimes when we sit in the, those rows or watch online, we think there's no way 
There's just no possible way that a pastor struggles in his head. He's perfect, right? I mean, look at his physique and his face. <laughs> the truth is, I, I struggle in my head just like anybody else struggles in their head. I'm susceptible to depression just like anybody's susceptible to depression. I'm susceptible to things going on in my head just like you're susceptible to things going on in stress and anxiety and pressure and temptation just like anybody else. I remember reading Charles Spurgeon, one of my favorite preachers. He stood in front of his congregation in 1866 and said that I am the subject of depressions of spirit so fearful that I hope none of you ever get to such extremes of wretchedness as I do. Can you imagine if I just opened up the service like that today? But it's reality. This is one of the greatest preachers who has ever preached in modern history. And he stands in front of his congregation and says, I hope you never go to the level of depression and wretchedness that I myself struggle with. We all struggle with mind games. I recently heard that we have somewhere between 12,000 to 50,000 thoughts a day. 70 to 80% of them leaned to be negative. That's very high. They say that anxiety disorders are the most common mental disorders in the United States, affecting over 40 million adults in the U.S. 77% of people experience stress that affects their physical health. 48% of people have trouble sleeping because of worry, anxiety, or stress. 75% of Ameri Americans experience high to moderate stress levels in the last month. The top causes of stress, anxiety, worry, negativity is money, our money, work, economy, family responsibilities, relationships, personal health issues, housing costs, job stability, family health problems, and personal safety. How many of you will be honest and say in the last day you've thought about one of those? Millions of, Mer of Americans are struggling in their mind and we don't know what to do. Here's, here's what I want you to start with our first point of that we all struggle with mind games is this. I don't want you to feel like you're in this alone. We all struggle in our minds. We are all, we are all required to engage in this battle and with God's help and with his word, we're gonna do what God wants us to do to align our thoughts the way God wants us to to think. So it is time that every single person, man, woman, boy, girl, age, status, race, in this room and joining us online today, get their bearings together and make the decision to say, you know what, I may be fighting in my mind, but it is a battle worth fighting. Because hear me today, that the reality of it is God may have things for you and I that are thinking can limit us from ever experiencing. God has blessing and, and favor and a purpose and a calling on your and I's life, but if we live a way that is negative, that is limiting, that is, that is self-imposed limitations and fear and worry. I want you to hear me today, and I'm gonna show you for the next few weeks how powerful your thinking is that it could limit the almighty God from operating to his full capacity in your life. Can I get an amen? So we're all in this together, amen? 
All right, let me, let me dig a little deeper. You good? My second point for you today is this. Your life is a reflection of your thoughts. Now, you may be thinking, Pastor Ethan, this is new age pop psychology. Get us to the Bible, Pastor. I want to take you to the Bible because, because science is starting to catch up with the Bible. So I'm going to, it may sound like I'm teaching something that would be taught in a psychology class, when in reality, psychology is finally catching up with the Word of God. Can I get a witness? <laughs> Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. I want you to hear me today. You cannot have a positive life with a negative mind. You cannot have a positive life with a negative mind. There's a book called uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill that I read years ago, and he said in the book that our life moves in the direction of dominant thought. Where I think is where I go. You are the sum total of the thoughts that you think, that you have thought over time. Our lives are moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts and what we think shapes who we are. The better we get a grasp on this truth, the more equipped we will be to fight against negative thinking because whatever you, link, whatever you allow to linger in your head, now this is really important, Whatever you allow to linger in your head eventually lodges in your heart. Now I can't stop, you and I cannot stop just fleeting crazy stuff that goes through our heads sometimes, just crazy stuff, you know, just crazy. But if you focus on something, it eventually will begin, begin to become a part of your character, who you are. It will begin to go much deeper than just a passing thought in your head. It will then go deeply into your heart. Whatever you focus on the longest in your head becomes the strongest in your heart. Okay, I want you to stay with me. If you focus on trouble, you're just a focused individual on how disturbed and how troubled and life and problems, your heart will eventually become troubled and all you can find in life is trouble. In fact, I'll go a little further. All you make in life is trouble. And by talking to anybody. If you are very focused, if the thought of offense comes through your mind, which happens, we're all humans, we all have an opportunity to be offended every 36 seconds in 2022. But if the idea of offense comes through your mind and you and I begin to focus on that offense, Eventually, the offense that was just fleeting through your head begins to become lodged in your heart. And your heart becomes hypersensitive. And so now you're this extremely offended person. And so you jump from church to church. Let me just let it sit there for a minute. We jump from church to church because we're offended we jump from pastor to pastor because we're offended, and we jump from relationship to relationship because of our offense. We jump from individual relationship, friendship, job to job, and we always think everybody's uh, you know, mistreating me, disrespecting me, and not looking at me right. Let me help you today. You're just sensitive. You're just 
sensitive. If you've been to five churches in five months, baby, something ain't right. If you've been through five men in five years, baby, something ain't right. You can't always point at everybody else and say they're the problem. Maybe you need to point at your heart and say, I've put something in here that's affecting my life out there. Am I talking to anybody? If you have a broken heart and you focus on the brokenness of your heart and your life, you, it won't take you long to start breaking things in your life because broken people break things and you are the reality or the reflection of your thoughts. Am I helping anybody? I've seen people who, who legitimately I, we've sat with over the years and say, hey, listen, you know, you've messed up. You've gotten, you've gotten entangled up with somebody who's not your, your wife. And we say, you need to leave them alone. And, and, and before this gets bad and we sit with the wife and everything, and would you believe it? They know, they know what could happen. They, they know the reality of the situation. But that relationship is so deep that you can tell them, hey, you're gonna lose your job, you can lose your family, your kids will never respect you, but when it's lodged deep, they cannot let it go easy. I'm not talking about something passes through your head. I'm talking about something lodged so deep in your heart that, that you cannot let that individual go. And that's why when the Bible says we'll return to our sin like a dog returns to its own vomit because some sin lodges deep and it's hard to let her go because you've let her in. The best time to stop somebody from getting in to your heart is when they were passing through your head. The best time to stop offense from getting to your heart is when it's passing through your head. When the opportunity to be offended comes through the shallow area of your mind, you have to choose, I'm not gonna be offended, I'm not gonna look twice, I'm not gonna talk to them, I'm not gonna allow that brokenness to get in my head because I know what is going on inside of me as I think in my heart, my life looks like my thoughts. Am I helping anybody? That's why Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. Because he knew that if your heart's troubled, your life's troubled. So I was thinking the other day about this, and hopefully this helps somebody, that, that we have, anybody love cereal in here? I love cereal. Whoever wants this cereal, you can have it after church. I'll sell it to you for $100. <laughs> well, we have to understand, so we have a bit, I love cereal. I, I have to like cut back on it because it's like so good. It's that my kids love cereal. We all are, we're just Garbage disposals at my house. We'll just eat anything. But the bowl reflects what's in the box. When I look in the bowl, it will reveal to me what's in the box. When I open the box, pour it in the bowl, it doesn't always matter what the box says. It's what's in the bowl that really matters. Like you've heard said before, the proof is in the pudding. So on this box, it says right here, this is for a healthy heart. Cheerios are disgusting, by the way. <laughs> no, I, I want that stuff that's straight sugar. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Straight sugar. I don't want this crap. Get this crap out of my house. <laughs> Lena brings it to the house and be like, I will divorce you. Get that out of my house. <laughs> this is oftentimes the presentation of who we want people to believe we are. This is what we post on social media. We're healthy. We got it together. We got, we're real good. You know, like, no, me and my husband, we're perfect, we're fine. We go to the beach, I'm healthy, I'm that. I drink Starbucks three times a week and I'm fine. 
We want people to see our presentation. But the reality of it is when life really puts the pressure on you and when things really, what's really in you, whatever was put in you, that's what comes out of you. So it doesn't matter what you're trying to tell me over here on social media. What comes out of you really determines. Maybe that's Fruit Loops. So that means you're crazy. You better watch somebody you're dating. They may tell you they're fine, but you just turn to like, they're nuts. Because you can't always trust what's on the box. Am I talking to anybody? Because what's in the bowl reveals really who you are. So your bitterness, your anger, your negativity, your worry, your anxiousness. You know, I was talking to somebody one day, and they were talking to me about a podcast they really liked. And I said, well, this individual has really long podcasts. I said, well, what is their political persuasion? This is what the individual said back. His, the podcast guy, his political persuasion is exactly the same as mine. And I thought to myself, no. If you listen to him that much, your political persuasion is exactly like his. Because he has poured into you so much he has put content into you for so long that now you've taken that information and as a man thinks in his heart, so does he vote. And so does he date. And so how he works. The problem is so many of us are pointing fingers saying, you know, no, I don't know where that came from. I don't act like that. That's not me. No, no, that's exactly you. Your work ethic is exactly you. Your attitude is exactly you. You ever stubbed your toe and be like, I don't know where that came from. Oh my Jesus. <laughs> Honey, I know right where it came from. <laughs> You're crazy? <laughs> I saw a girl the other day uh, on social media and she posted, I hate drama. And I thought to myself, Honey, do you know you? Because you are the most dramatic person I have ever met in my life. All I have to do is go to your page, scroll up two or three, and see how dramatic you really are. But isn't it funny how she wants us to think she's not dramatic. But when she's turned upside down, all she creates is drama. Every relationship is dramatic. She cultivates it, looks for it, listens for it, finds it, because she is only going to produce what she is. As a man thinks in his heart, Aristotle said it like this, whatever is impressed is expressed. Whatever's impressed is expressed. We're talking about mind games today. Hard circumstances don't make a person they reveal a person. I want you to think about that. I believe the hard situations can make us as well. But understand, when things get hard, what comes out of your mouth has always been there. You just ain't heard it. And when you're in conflict with your spouse, we can oftentimes say, she made me like that. No! It's so hard to even admit this, but somewhere along the line, you've brought content in, you've listened to somebody, you've experienced something. I stepped on somebody's crazy stuff. 
you've experienced and you have brought in material and content. This is why you gotta watch the movies. You gotta be careful with the movies you watch. This is why you gotta be careful with the music you listen to. This is why you gotta be careful with the people you run with because they are shaping your interior life and what's happening on the inside of you will eventually make its way on the outside of you. Right? Am I helping anybody? Proverbs 27, 19 says, as a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. I believe that that's why the enemy tries so hard to get to your head because if he can get to your head, he can get to your heart, and if he can get to your heart, he can get to your life. This is why your mind is sacred real estate. All through the word of God, we're gonna be covering it through the next month, but the Bible is constantly teaching us about our minds, our thoughts, aligning our thoughts with the way he wants us to think because we will sabotage our potential in God if we just listen to how we think. And if all we're doing is putting garbage in, only garbage can come out. Proverbs chapter four, verse 23 says to guard, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Keep that verse up there for me, guys, or take it down, put it back, thank you. <laughs> Guard your heart, no one else can do it for you. You and I have the responsibility to protect that box of Cheerios. Me and you have the hard work to make sure that there are certain things that cannot get into here. Offense cannot get into here. Yeah, you have the opportunity to be offended, but you're gonna have to know, I got such a purpose and a calling and great things in store for me that if I let that in, that could sabotage me. Guard your heart above everything else. Some of us guard our phones more than we guard our hearts. Some of us will guard our homes and we'll put up our little ring apps and we got all the security system. We got all like 14 passwords, face recognition, thumbprint to get into anything. We got passwords for everything, but we talk about anything, watch anything, listen to anything, talk to anybody, and our heart is wide open and we're letting all this toxicity get inside of us and then five years later, we're wondering why our life's a wreck. It's because you're crazy. Am I talking to anybody? Nothing in your life deserves more constant care and attention than your heart. By any means necessary, write this down, guard your heart. By any means necessary. So does that mean you gotta cancel a subscription? Maybe. Does that mean you may need to navigate a certain relationship? Maybe. Maybe you need to really do a, a thought audit and think through what you're thinking through and really put your head together and realize, hey, listen, what's going into me is not producing good things out of me. Well, all, by all means, by any means necessary, 
I have to guard my heart. When you think about mind games, you know, there are people all through the Bible, just like you and I, sometimes when we see things in the Bible, we don't necessarily see them as, you know, Bobby on the first, second row here. We, we can't relate to it like David can over here. Like, we feel like these guys in here are different than us, right? And, and, and Pat on the front row with his nice white jacket and pocket $100 bills and just kidding, Pat. But we can assume that these guys are much different than those of us in the room. Can I just take you to somebody for a moment that I, I'm very fascinated by this story, 1 Kings chapter 19. The story is that Jezebel, who's uh, the king's wife, has threatened to kill Elijah, the prophet. And watch what happens, verse two. So Jezebel sent this message, message to Elijah, May the God strike me and even kill me by this time tomorrow. I have not killed, if I have not killed you, just as I have killed them, talking about other prophets. Elijah was afraid immediately. This man of God has called fire down from heaven, by the way. This man of God has caused it to rain, to not rain. I mean, this guy was a power. This is a preacher's preacher. And this woman talked smack to him on social media, and he's afraid. And he fled for his life. Immediately, see, the, this man is a powerful man, but mind games instantly get to him. What he does next, he runs for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone. Notice what's happening. The mind games, have he's afraid. He's now isolated himself. He went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat under a solitary a broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough. Have you ever said that? Take my life for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. This man of God, this powerful individual, this person who's been so significantly anointed by God to do supernatural things in the earth in front of people, God's people. I mean, amazing stuff if you read the story. And he becomes afraid, and he runs, and he isolates himself, and now he's suicidal. It just got out of hand. The mind games can just get out of hand. And I want you to hear me today. This great prophet, this great man of God has found himself in a dark place, found himself in suicidal thoughts, found, has found himself wanting to end his life all because of mind games. We all struggle with with mind games. God eventually reveals himself to the prophet Elijah and kind of rattles him back and gets him back on course and he then goes back to preaching and prophesying. But isn't it amazing in the footnotes of Elijah's story that that would even make the Bible? Like isn't it interesting that that would be even in there? The idea that something so, like that's kind of that, it's hard to grow a church uh, confessing that you wanna kill yourself. Right? It's, it's hard to win the confidence of people in a ministry, Elijah. I don't know if you knew that, but the reality of it is like you can't be suicidal and depressed and running and isolated and lead people. 
But mind games have a way of breaking us down. Mind games have a way of shattering us and bringing us to a place where we're all alone, where we're broken, and if we're not careful, the devil just has a heyday. Just has a heyday in our heads, in our hearts, and eventually he can destroy your life if he could damage your head enough. If he can get you to think about it to take your life, if he can just keep getting it on the ballot, so to speak, if he can keep getting it in front of you, if he can get, keep getting it in front of your face about you, nobody loves you, nobody cares about you, you should just run away. You're always gonna be alone. No one's ever gonna care. You are not good enough. You're not enough. You're this, you're that. God's mad at you. You'll never be enough. That gets in our heads so deep that you'll find yourself living under a broom tree wondering where has my life gone. Listen to me. Your life went where your head went, Elijah. That's what happened. You can, you can say Jezebel did it, but fear got the best of you. Stress got the best of you. Your anxiety got the best of you. Your negativity got the best of you. Your worry got the best of you. And now you're under a broom tree because you were under a broom tree right here. You thought yourself there. You put through your head and into your heart a dark place. So your life ends up in a dark place. Here's what I need you to do this week. Here's what I need you to do this week. This is your takeaway that if there's anything I need you to think about, it's this. Think about what you think about. This is what I need you to do. This is your requirement for the week. Because in 10 years, your life is gonna look like something and you're gonna wish you thought about what you think about. You're gonna wish you could go back and determine, the Bible says, guard your heart for it determines the course of your life. Some of you are where you are today and you can blame divorce, which is a horrible thing, and there's a lot of, there's trauma, and there's experiences, and there's a lot of setbacks that are out of our control, and I'm not downplaying a lot of things. But hear me today, we still have a responsibility to respond to things correctly, even if things are not fair. You may be predisposed to certain negative leanings and you're more of a pessimist. Hear me today. Your mama was a pessimist. Your daddy was negative. Everybody was, I have three aunts that killed themselves. And now I, uh, listen, just because your family line may be predisposed to certain things does not make you defenseless against it. Don't believe the lie that the enemy's been trying to put in your head that nobody's ever gonna love you don't try to believe the lie the enemy's been trying to fool you with and make up in your mind, no, no, no. Not in my head. I'm not playing your mind games, devil. Because this is, this is the verse. This is one of my all-time life verses right here. Are you ready? Romans chapter 12, verse 2 in the New Living Translation says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. This verse is letting us know that he will change you by changing 
the way you think. We oftentimes think that God's going to change us by a miracle, which is possible. He does those things. That God will just supersede, you know, other things and just make things happen. And yes, I believe in all of that. But I really believe if God's going to change your life, according to the word of God, he's going to change the way you think. Maybe miracle territory is right between your ears. And if you could just make space for God to work in your thought life, can you imagine where your life would be? How different your world could be? How different your life could be? Think about how your kids could be different than how you were raised if you could just get your head right. Think about the difference that your life could look like if you could just get your head where it needs to be. Let God change your life by changing the way you think. Because at the end of the day, doesn't matter how much purpose and calling and destiny God has on you, the way you think can cancel that. Blocks it. You know, the Bible says it like this, that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think according to the power that works in you. I don't ever hear people quote the, pat, the last part of that verse. But people always want God to surpass their expectations. And he's saying, I will, but it's according to the power inside of you. If you can get your interior life correct, then I can blow your mind. But because we're oftentimes so negative, caught up with worry and stress. And, listen, I, I can't wait for this whole series. This is just introduction today. I can't wait. We're going to talk about depression. I'm going to talk about temptation. We're going to talk about everything because I really do believe the battle of your life is in your mind. And if you can win in your mind with God's help, you can win in your life. Do you believe that today?